Uh, how's our confidence level? You feeling good, Pete, or do you still have the disgusting feeling of what was happening against the Marlins in your mouth? Uh, see, that's the thing. I have like, I, it's weird. The Mets to me typically can't beat the easy teams. You play the Braves. You play these tougher teams. I feel very confident. I feel confident that we're going to win at least one game, which is not what we want to. I like. I'll accept one win, but I know we'll win at least one game over this this series. I'd like to, and that's a. I think that's a real possibility. Yeah, let's make this clear. We are not looking for the Mets to win one game. If the Mets win one game in this series, we will do a podcast Sunday night saying that was disappointing. <laughs> that was disappointing. We lost a series. Yes, the division is still in front of us. Yes, all you got to do is go beat the Nationals, but we'll sweat that out. I mean, that, that's the one thing. Winning the division will be a 162-game sweat if the Mets lose one of three because you put yourself in a spot where, okay, no margin for error. You can't lose a game against the Nationals. Go sweep them. And I know, well, that should be easy. They're the Nationals, but the Nationals took two out of three against the Mets uh, earlier this season or a month ago. And to the Nationals' credit, they won a game against the Braves in the back-to-back series they played against them. Sweeping is not easy, as bad as a team may look. Uh, You could also sit there and hope the Marlins help out. The Marlins look like they have a little bit of a pulse. And as I mentioned, Sandy Alcantara is going to pitch, but none of us want to rely on that. So if they win a game in this series, we are sitting here Sunday night disappointed. We are probably sitting here worried about, oh, God, we got to win all three freaking games. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is going to, we're going to relitigate the DeGrom debate about game 162. It comes back. So, Winning one of three, especially when you got your three best pitchers on the mound, would be a massive disappointment. We need to be honest. If they win two out of three, driver's seat. And certainly it depends how you get there. Do you win the first two? Do you lose the first one and then win the next two? Like, obviously, the emotions of how you get to winning two out of three would be interesting. But you win two out of three. Again, you need to win one game against the Nationals and this thing is over. That's it. That's it. You win one game. You make Monday night a big night at City Field where I would expect there to be a big crowd if they're about to clinch the division. I know there's been a lot said. We talked about this a while ago. I'm not going to relitigate the attendance at the end of the day. Who gives a crap? Um, but they're a win away from winning the division. The place will be packed. I'm not worried about that. There'll be a great atmosphere. You sweep? Oh, God. I tell you this, man. The New York Mets over the last, really, 2015, 2016, and now, have not had clinches at home, if you think about that. They clinched the playoff spot this year. It happened in Milwaukee. When they won the uh, wild card in 2016, it was on the road. It was in Philadelphia. When they won the National League pennant in 2015, it was on the road. It was in Chicago. When they won the Divisional Series in 2015, it was on the road. It was in L.A. When they won the division in 2015, it was on the road. It was in Cincinnati. You see what I'm saying? Oh, by the way, you want to go back further? Okay, cool. In 2006, when they won the divisional series, it was in LA. You have to go all the way back to winning the division in 2006. Mets, Marlins, Cliff Floyd made the catch in left field. Billy Wagner's happy. Yippity-doo-dah. Fun night, no doubt. Fun night. That's the last time we as fans had a clinching celebration at City Field. 
Okay? With that said, I will gladly give up a clinching celebration at City Field. I say you can have it if it means it happens in Atlanta. Let me tell you something. That can happen on the road. While I would love to share that experience with my son and my father. Oh, we were at City Field Monday night against the Nationals. Okay, that's cute. I'd love that. But you know what I'd love more? Winning the division in Atlanta. I'll wake up my son. He'll watch it with me. But to dance in Atlanta, Georgia, after all of the awful memories that franchise has given us over the years, oh, that'd be worth it. So I'm sorry. I apologize if you want to be there for a clinching game Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. My ass. We clinched this crap in Atlanta. And the only way to do that is by sweeping them. I will go on record and tell you, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, I, I, I agree with you. I don't care where it happens, when it happens. I just want it to happen. You can pop the champagne wherever you are. So that's all that freaking matters. Um, I, I agree with you. Don't think it's going to happen. But I do, again, confidence level, definitely taking one. At least one game. And that, again, we talked about this earlier. Everyone's saying this This team is coll- – this was a collapse. They they had the, the chance of a lifetime. They should have beat up all these teams. But we said over and over and over, it's going to come down to the series. And if we were in a position where we had a one-game lead, that's all we wanted. We got that. It's going to come to 162. That's not being negative. That's being transparent. It's being honest with them, myself. That's what the Mets do, 162. But I'm still confident the Mets are going to win the division. If you think it comes down to 162, which I respect, I think it means you think they're going to lose two out of three, though. Because I don't think, I know it would be very fitting of the Mets to win two out of three and then come home and lose Monday and Tuesday against the Nationals just to make things dicey and make things interesting. But I don't know. I I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But one thing that has happened with Atlanta, and, and they're not choking by any stretch. They're not choking. The Mets aren't choking is that the Atlanta Braves really since, I'd say, Labor Day and that West Coast trip, they've been a normal baseball team. They have been a team that bleeds, a team that will lose every once in a while. And it really started with losing those two to Seattle and losing two out of three to San Francisco. All of a sudden, the Atlanta Braves lost five out of six. And yeah, they swept the Philadelphia Phillies and we all got pissed off. But then the Nationals took a game from them and the Phillies took two games from them. And the Nationals took a game from them. It's not as if they're struggling. Like if I add it up, let's see, 0-3, 1-3, 1-4, 4-4, 5-6-4, 6-7, 10-11, 12-13, 13-14, 14-15, 15-16, 15-17, 15-18, 15-19, 15-20, 15-21, 15-22, 15-23, 15-24, 15-25
to break records if they could continue. Like, no, they wouldn't have had a single season win total, but from where they were when they started their streak, it was unbelievable. I didn't believe that that, that, that team was going to exist all, all season long. They were going to tire it down. And fortunately for us, tiring, tiring down at the right time. And the Mets have been – the one thing that the Mets have been all season long, it's consistent and resilient. Constantly. No, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And look, the Atlanta Braves, much like us, they've been really consistent to the point where they haven't lost four in a row all year. We haven't lost four in a row all year. Uh, If the Mets swept this series, the Braves will have lost four in a row, which is crazy to think about. So they have been a great model of consistency. But this has been been a heavyweight fight. That's what it's been. It's been a real legitimate pennant race. It's what we've been talking about for months, that neither neither team was ever going to separate. And look, I know that it's easy to say the Mets had a a 10-and-a-half game lead. The reason I don't want to hear that anymore is is that they had a 10-and-a-half game lead on June 1st. And within a week of that, it was down to five. This has been a close race, essentially, from June 15th on. It's been within five games since June 15th on. It has been a pennant race. Now, have the Mets maintained that lead for the most part? Absolutely. Absolutely. They have maintained. They haven't dropped out of first place other than that one moment a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday morning. We woke up. We're out of first place. We've been tied, obviously, but we have kind of maintained some kind of lead. But to quote 10 and a half, I don't hear about it anymore. They had a 10 and a half game lead an eternity ago. Like that should not be a part of the script. Oh, the Mets had a 10 and a half game lead. You want to tell me that a 10 and a half game lead in August? Okay. That's blowing a lead. They had a 10 and a half game lead in June 1st. And yeah, I think the Mets may have expanded it more than five since June 15th to be completely accurate about it. But this has been a close pennant race for a long time. And it's been a heavyweight battle. And maybe I'll be wrong about this. I guess I could be wrong about it with the Mets. I don't think the Atlanta Braves are going to the playoffs and losing anytime soon. So I think that this battle could be the first of many between the Mets and the Atlanta Braves that they aren't lined up to face each other in any kind of divisional series. It was the opposite of what happened last year with the Dodgers and Giants where they had the epic pennant race and then they were actually lined up. They played each other in the divisional series because the Giants had the best record, the whole thing. That's not the case here. If the Mets and Braves play each other in the postseason, it would be in the National League Championship Series, which means somebody would have to take down the L.A. Dodgers. And guess what? Both teams can. So maybe I'm being hopeful here, but I think this weekend is a preview. I really do. I think much like 1999, this may come down to it all. The New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. That's not a knock on the L.A. Dodgers, but as we've seen in years past, they can get beat. (laughs) They can get beat early as the Nationals showed you in 2019. I don't know what the hell's going to happen this weekend. I know I should offer a prediction. Uh, I got to stay true to myself and be negative. They'll lose two out of three. And we'll have to sweat this out next week. I freaking like, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I told you, 162. You're telling me, yeah, it sucks. But but listen, we you're, it's not being negative. It's being, listen, and, and, and Ev, you and I, I'm not saying that we are the same type of Mets fan, but you talk to me to tell, tell me how off base I am. We are as 
positive as we've been in a long time with this franchise. But there's still that pit in our stomach that we felt over and over and over. So we can't just dive in headfirst and go, you know what? This team's going to win it all. I feel confident. Every series, we're always going to win. We can't do that because we had that little negativity. So keep it a little real. Keep it a little safe because we've seen what's happened in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's also a little bit of we can see what the downfall of this team would be, which is this lineup just sleepwalking outside of the two monsters, Alonzo and Lindor and Escobar, too, that there's a lot of dead weight at times in this lineup that Vogelbach has struggled a lot, that not Mark Hanna hasn't really struggled. He gets on base all the time, but that there's a lot of spots in this order that can go real cold. And so maybe it's kind of seeing how things can go bad, even with a top-of-the-line rotation that features, according to The Athletic, according to The Athletic's poll of Major League Baseball players, the two guys you would want to start Game 7 of the World Series is Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. How about that, by the way? Is that what the poll? I don't have the athletics, so I saw the poll. I went to go click on it. I couldn't see crap because I don't have the. So it's Scherzer and Degrom too. Now I heard Harper wasn't even on the list of the guys you want up at the plate. Is that true? Yeah. So there was a, there was a bunch of weird stuff. Um, we made a big deal of the fact that Garrett Cole was never mentioned as a guy that you'd want to pitch Game Seven. Uh, it was Degrom one, Scherzer two, uh, Justin Verlander three. I forget after that, but like all the guys who got multiple votes were mentioned. Dylan C, Shane McClanahan, Hugh Darvish, Walker Mueller, who doesn't even have a shoulder anymore. And Gary Cole was never mentioned. I give you one Met note. Who would you want up bottom of the ninth game seven of the World Series? And Aaron Judge won as he should. He's had an amazing year. Paul Goldschmidt was second. There was only one Met mentioned. Who was the Met? Francisco Lindor. It was not Francisco Lindor. Jeff McNeil? Jeff McNeil. I don't think that's a crazy answer. <laughs> I I know, by the way, McNeil, when he pops up in the eighth inning, we're all thinking a little differently. But for the most part, he is kind of the guy you want up. But, so. that's, the, but that's the thing is, and I don't want to get into, get into a huge debate over it, because we always talk about batting average on base percent, stuff like that. The guy bats 320. His on base isn't as as high as you like it to be, but he puts the barrel on the ball. And that to me is such a key piece to today's game that a lot of players are missing. Yeah. He's a tough out, man. That's the bottom line. He's a tough out. And the guy you want on the mound in the ninth inning of game seven is Edwin Diaz. And it was a blowout. So you should feel good that according to baseball players, the guy they won starting game seven is DeGrom followed by Scherzer. And the guy they want pitching the ninth, is Edwin Diaz. This should be a very, very interesting weekend. We'll obviously give you a pod on Sunday after the series is over, but we may mix in some instant reactions as it goes on. Friday night's game, maybe Saturday's game. We'll see. Be how I feel. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It's how, how I, it's not because of wins or losses. I swear to God, it has nothing to do with if they win or if they lose. It's more, do I want to go upstairs and talk about this right now or I just want to go to sleep? That's really what it comes down to. But I'll, I'll be honest about it, and we'll keep you posted. Either way, you know you will get a Rico Bronia following this series' conclusion on Sunday night. No matter how late it is, we will definitely get it in. So deep breath, everybody. Enjoy it. This is what baseball's all about. And happy Francisco Alvarez Day as he's coming. Thanks for listening to Rico Bronia. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.